Let's just pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for grace. Thank you for saving us. Thank you, Lord, for the message of the word. And, oh, Lord, I, I, I do thank you, Lord, uh, for opening a way for us. Now, would you bless, would you be with us tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 27 and verse 51. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. Illustrations, <clears throat> object lessons are really helpful to us. You know, take, take and do an object lesson up here. Uh, it gets a picture across for you. Sometimes, you know, uh, it'd be better for us all to go up to junior church and see the, uh, see the object lessons, because the object lesson, the picture, uh, gets fixed into our minds, and we understand it, uh, and we go on it. God gave us an object lesson when Christ died. In the temple, the veil was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. It's a really important part of the story. Three of the Gospels record this, uh, <clears throat> that, um, <clears throat> that the fact that the, 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 um, the veil was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. Now let me tell you a little bit about the veil before uh, I tell you what it means to us. In, <clears throat> in the temple, there was the general area, and then there was the holy place, but only the priests could go in. And then there was the holiest of holies, where only the high priest went in, and he only went in once a year, and he only went in with a blood sacrifice. To go in at any other time could mean death. Nobody was allowed to go into that. And there are occasions back through Israel's history when because of the Holy, the, uh, the holy of Holies, uh, people did die. Remember the Ark of the Covenant was taken <laughs> by, by the Philistines and God plagued the Philistines for it. Well, you, you know, when it came back up to Israel, the people opened it and looked into it and 50 people died on the spot for looking into it. The Holy of Holies was the place where God resided. And the Holy of Holies was divided from the holy place by a curtain. Most people never saw this curtain because it was inside the holy place. And then there was the Holy of Holies behind it. And this curtain <clears throat> was not just, you know, uh, like your, your living room curtains, you know. The, the, let me just give you some of the size of it. <clears throat> um, Jewish writers say that it was 60 feet long and about 30 feet wide, and it was woven to the thickness of a man's hand. Now, so you're looking at that, four inches, right? That's how thick it was, okay? So there, there's my suit's kind of, uh, I don't know how many of my suits, maybe 50 uh, of the material of my suit going across to actually make it, because it was this wide when it was done. It was different layers of material that were all uh, held together, woven together. So, so what you've got is, it's not even like a blanket, uh, it's something really that we can't imagine uh, being that thick. Uh, it said that it was so heavy that it took 300 men to lift it. I don't know how 300 men would get around it, but that it took 300 men to lift it. And the Holy of Holies, that, that, that curtain represented a barrier between God and man. And man could not go beyond that barrier. The, the high priest went in once a year with the blood atonement and sprinkled it uh, on the ark. But after that, nobody went in there. It was strictly out of bounds. There was no way you could go into it. And the Jewish faith really speaks a lot about barriers between man and God. 
That's kind of a picture of it. You know, by the way, we talked just a couple of weeks ago when, when they came to the mountain uh, and God was giving the Ten Commandments to them and Moses goes up the mountain and he's told, he's, he's kind of put a cordon around the bottom of the mountain and told the people not to come near it and he goes up the mountain to God and God sends him back down again, go down. I don't want them breaking through. If they break through, uh, they will die. And so God sends them, sends uh, Moses back down because if the people break through, they're going to die. So here's the picture we have. We have a holy God, an extremely holy God. Uh, we have a God that is so holy that he cannot have anything to do with sin. And if this God uh, that is so holy uh, is touched by sin, he reacts and causes death all around him. Now, I think we need to understand that. That's how holy God is. That is not just, you know, a, a picture of God from the Old Testament that's kind of uh, to scare the, uh, a simple people. That's the reality of who God is. God hates sin. You can't think of anything in this life that you hate more than God hates sin. He hates sin. He wants nothing to do with it. And he's God. He's able to fix it. He's able to sort it out. He's able to take and deal with anyone uh, that would bring sin uh, into his presence. And that, that, that veil represents God keeping sin away from him. Don't come near me with sin. Just one day, the high priest went in with a blood atonement for sin, but sin was not to come near God. And on that day when Jesus died, that curtain, that veil was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. C can you imagine what it would take to tear even a suit coat in half? It takes, takes a lot of strength. Can you imagine the strength it would take to take that veil that was the breath of a man's hands thick and tear it? And remember, <clears throat> you're looking at a veil that's 60 feet up. I mean, if you were going to tear it, you'd start at the bottom and you'd hope to get a rip on it and get it going. And there was no way. The hand of the living God himself reached down and took that veil and tore it. And the reason he tore it was because he was, make, he was removing the barrier between us and him. We really don't realize the day we live in. So easy for us to live in this day. So easy for us to think, you know what, uh, this is great. But, but not really realize. The veil has been rent in twain from the top to the bottom. You can come boldly before the throne of grace. You can step into the presence of God. God invites you to step into his presence. The barrier's gone. The barrier's removed. I'm not sure what the Jews did. I'm sure they sewed it up and put it back together again. Because they didn't get the whole issue. But you know what? It's never going back up again. God's taken down the barrier. The barrier has been removed. Now, understand this. It's not because God has kind of made a compromise with sin, made peace with sin. Because he hasn't. <laughs> he hates sin as much today as he did in those days. But because of what Jesus did, you and I can come into his presence now. Because of what Jesus did, he looks down on us and he doesn't see 
David O'Gorman Center. He looks down and he sees Jesus Christ. David O'Gorman cloaked in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's what he sees. And on that basis, he's willing to accept me into the Holy of Holies. The high priest went in once a year. In fear and trepidation, I can go in every day. I have a standing invitation, an open invitation. I can go in any time I like. Believer, you can go in any time you like. You can go into the Holy of Holies. You can go into the presence of God. I mean, <clears throat> I know the Old Testament Jew related to God because we have the record of it. We see Abraham and so on. But you know what? They didn't have anything like the freedom that we have. See, when the veil was rent in twain, uh, there was a new way opened. There was, it was cleared for us. Uh, <clears throat> look at another verse with me. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 19 and 20. Hebrews 10, verse 19 and 20. And by the way, Hebrews is great on this subject, right? <clears throat> you can dig into Hebrews and you, you, can, you can find some great stuff in Hebrews dealing with this idea of uh, what God did when he dealt with sin on the cross. Verse 19 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. You know what replaced the veil? Jesus' flesh. Jesus died for us, and now we enter in, not through a veil, but through a person, through the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the new and living way. There's only one way to enter into the presence of God in this day and age. You don't enter in on merit. Nobody's got enough merit. Nobody's good enough. Listen, if it was merit, the Old Testament Jew would have done it. If it was merit, God wouldn't have had to send his son. But today, when we enter into the Holy of Holies, when we enter into the presence of God, we enter in through a person. This person that gave himself for us, that cleansed us, that identified with us, that identified us with him on the cross, we can enter in to the Holy of Holies through Jesus. Keep that in mind. It's not merit. It's not goodness. It's not what you've done. It's not what you can do. We enter in today to the Holy of Holies through Jesus. What's your relationship with Jesus like tonight? Are you walking with him? Are you in fellowship with him? I want to partake of the Lord's table in a few minutes. We're going to remember the sacrifice of the cross. We're going to remember the blood that was shed for us. We're going to remember this person who gave himself for us. What's your relationship like with him? Do you have a relationship with him? Are you born again? You can't have a relationship with him apart from being born again. It's impossible. Are you born again? If, you don't, if you're not born again, you, know, you don't have a relationship. Now you could fix it. You could fix it tonight. You know, you could come to him and listen, you could be born again tonight. But you know, if you're not born again, you don't have a relationship with him. And it's really helpful for us to understand that, you know. There's, everybody's not, not just automatically brought into this place where they can enter into the Holy of Holies. You can enter in through Jesus. Do you know when you get born again, one of the terms the Bible keeps using is this, you're in Christ. 
that's a strange term. How can I be in somebody? But that's what it talks about. You're in Christ. The Bible talks about you and him and, and he and you. But the idea is that you're one, that you're baptized into Christ, that you're one with him. And when you enter into the Holy of Holies, you enter in based upon the fact that you're in Christ. And if you're not born again tonight, you can get born again. But if you're not born again, I, I would encourage you, listen, think on that one. Get that one straight. Don't partake of the table. Don't go through a play act here and pretend that you can enter in when you know you can't. Think on that one. Mark that one out. You say, but I don't understand that. Well, you can ask me. You can ask somebody here. People will gladly show you. Talk to God about it, though. Ask him to help you. Tell him you want access to the Holy of Holies. You want to be in there. Most important thing in life is that you come to, to the place where you deal with that one issue, being born again. You see, there's a new way open, but the new way is the flesh of Jesus Christ. It's through him. It's by being born again. It's by being in him. And then <clears throat> there's a new hope. Look at Hebrews chapter 6. Verse 19. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enter, entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. We have a hope. We have a hope that's confirmed. Now, <clears throat> when we talk about hope, here's how we talk about hope. You know, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. We don't know. We're hoping. Right? And, it'd be, you know, if it doesn't rain tomorrow, we'll be very happy and our hope will be, have been fulfilled. Right? You know, we might hope that, that, that we stay healthy. We can hope all kinds of things, but our hope is a really uncertain thing. It's an unsure thing. It's not something we're sure of. When the Bible talks about hope, though, it talks about it in a completely different way. It talks about our hope being sure. Now, what's the hope it's talking about here? Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that which is in the veil. Now, <clears throat> this, this hope's important to us. This is really important to us. This, 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 this hope, this sure hope of heaven. This sure hope of being clean before God because of what Jesus did. This, this, this hope is precious. And this, hey, he calls it an anchor of the soul. Now, an anchor is about stopping a ship from moving in the storm. An anchor that could keep the ship in good weather is no use. You ever go on a ship on one of those ferries and you go down and you look at the anchor and man, it's a chain and the, the, the steel and the chain's this thick. And the anchor, it would be impossible to lift. Men could not lift it. The, the anchor is, is huge, and it goes down, and it grabs, uh, and the rocks underneath, and that boat, the waves can go back and forth, but you know, that boat's going to stay where it is. This hope that we have is an anchor to the soul. And look where it's caught. Uh, <clears throat> Both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that which is in the veil. Do you know how you can know for sure that you're going to heaven? 
Do you know how you can know beyond the shadow of a doubt? Because you've entered in behind the veil. You've entered into that sweet relationship with God. You know, <clears throat> listen, people can shake you on a whole lot of things. But you know, when you know somebody, and you've been there, and you've had that relationship, nobody can shake you on that. It's a hope that's sure. And the reason it's a hope that's sure is because God tore the veil from the top to the bottom. He rent it in twain from the top to the bottom. And he allows you in to his presence. Remember the book of Esther? The book of Esther's got an interesting passage in it. Uh, Mordecai uh, wants Esther to go in and talk to the king for the, on behalf of the Jews. And Esther is afraid to. Now, she's his wife. She's his favorite wife. But she hadn't been called in for quite some time. And she knew this, that if she went in unannounced, the king could have her killed. You weren't, you weren't allowed to walk into his presence. He was the king, after all. He was important. But you know what? <clears throat> Since the veil was taken down, the living God, far more powerful than any king, invites you to enter in behind the veil. Come into his presence. Uh, <clears throat> spend time with him. The Old Testament Jew couldn't dream of it. Nobody hung out in the holy place, never mind the holiest of holies. He just didn't do that. That was a scary place to be. But God says, I want you to come into my presence. I want you to come in here. I want you to come into my presence based on what my son has done for you. And you can have a relationship with him that floods your heart with hope. That floods your soul with hope that's sure. That nobody's going to shake it's all being laid on for you. Now I understand. You know, we're, I've got a room full of people here. Some of you may not be saved. Some of you may not be born again. And listen, that's, that's fine. You can get born again tonight. You can get born again. You, you, you talk to God about it. You get born again. I, I get saved. You can do that. Right? Some of you may be thinking, you know, I'm not there. I don't live in a place where I enter into that holy place. I'm, 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 I'm just not there. It's your birthright in the, new, in the new birth. You say, well, why well, have to clean my life up before I could go in there? Well, <clears throat> no, you don't. You can't clean your life up. Even as a believer, you say, no, even as a believer, you can't clean your life up. You know, <clears throat> you've got a problem with sin, and that's, that's the way it is. It's, it, that's a reality for you. <clears throat> but when you go into the holy place, he can clean you up. He can fix your issue. He can fix your problem. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying sin doesn't matter. Just go in there and <clears throat> forget about sin. Sin matters a lot. But when your heart is, Lord, I'm not able. Lord, you take me. Or you cleanse me. You purify me. You deal with what's wrong in me, Lord, because I don't want anything coming between you and I. You can enter in, and what you'll find is that he cleanses and he works in you. You're here tonight and you're a believer and there's something between you and God. Listen, don't let that hinder between you and Him. Come in. Come to the table. You know, get it right. Get it sorted. Come and say, Lord, cleanse me. And He will cleanse you. He will take it away. He will deal with it. You don't have to stand afar off. You don't have to live in a place where your relationship with God is kind of 
something that's far off. Those days are gone. You're not living in the Old Testament. You're living in the New Testament. You're living under grace. You're living in that beautiful place where the Spirit of God sweeps in and He takes the coal from the altar and He cleanses your lips and you can walk and talk with God. You know, <clears throat> I love the story of the road to, to Emmaus. There's several things I love about it, but you know what I love about this? They got to walk with Jesus. Don't you wish you were there? Don't you wish, I mean, I know he reproved them and they needed it, but don't you wish you were there? Don't you wish that you could have walked alongside Jesus? And wouldn't your heart have fallen so much when he left? When he vanished? <clears throat> but you can. You can walk with Jesus. You can enter into the Holy of Holies and you can spend that time. What better thing could you do with your life than to spend that time with him? What would hold you back from that? What sin could give you so much pleasure that it's worth sacrificing that for? There's nothing. There is absolutely nothing. We serve a living God who has done the unthinkable, the unimaginable, the incredible. He took the curtain down and said, Come on in. On the basis of what my son has done, Come on in. I want you. I want fellowship with you. Come on in. Don't stay away. Don't stay away for a moment. He's made a way through for you. That way is Jesus. If you're not saved tonight, get saved. If you are saved and you're not walking in that close place, oh, listen. Come in. Enjoy that sweetness. And if you are saved and you're looking at your own situation and you're saying, you know what, I'm, I, I want more of it, it's there for you. You say, well, I'm not great. I, 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 I love that illustration that um, uh, those guys do about Peter because I can see it. I can, I, I can understand exactly how Peter felt. Did, did you hear what he said? I got it wrong, but, but I'm going to spend the rest of my life making it up to you. He'll never make it up. He could never make it up, and neither can you. Just come in with your brokenness, with your sin, with all of it, Lord, forgive me. I want you. I want your way. And let him do the work in you that only he can do. And when you do that, you can start enjoying what Jesus bought for you on the cross. All right, we're going to have the Lord's table now in a minute. But before we do, let's just have a word of prayer. And then, man, I'm going to get you to call for the table. Father in heaven, <clears throat> we thank you for this night. We thank you, Lord, for the memory of a Savior that gave himself for us, and Lord, of a God that in mercy, and Lord, in just incredible, almost reckless goodness, tore the veil in two and told us to come on in. Lord, forgive us where we live lives like there is a veil between us, Lord, because of our sin. And help us, Lord, to put all that aside and to come running to you for cleansing, for holiness, for fellowship, for comfort, for strength. May we enjoy all that you bought for us on the cross. In Jesus' precious name, amen.